Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com. Man, I've been fascinated with this company for about a year and a half, two years now. Uh, Belshi had talked about doing it. I think he was either too heavy or he got scared because there's a weight limit because he's a you know giant. Yeah, he's short, but he's very thick, like a midget. He's sturdy. And uh, he was gonna. I think he was gonna try to su- surprise this chick uh, that lives in Arizona, but for some reason I, it didn't happen. Or you took a good look at it and decided that it may, it may not be happen. for me. Right? <laughs> Let's face it, not the luckiest human you ever met. <laughs> and uh, but. I think I'm going to roll up there uh, in the spring or midsummer to get this done. Last year, I fully had intended to jump to it. And it just, you know, with COVID and the way the world was rolling out, it just, things just didn't happen. Um, Jake actually tracked these guys down. And it turns out they're the right place to go. MasonWingWalking.com. I found them online. I've never spoken with the people, but they are the premier wing walking academy in the U.S. If you've seen it in a movie, you've seen it on a TV show. These are most likely the ones who taught them how to do it. For over a decade, our next guest, along with her husband Mike, has been teaching adrenaline junkies the world over the art of wing walking at the Mason Wing Walking Academy in Squim, Washington. And for a fee of $750 to $985, you too can experience something few others ever will. Please welcome Marilyn Mason. Marilyn. Welcome to the show. Thank you. You are, you run a, an amazing, amazing company. Now, you don't do it just for the public, just for private citizens. You do this for television shows, for movies, uh, Impractical Jokers. At the end of that uh, movie, that was when uh, was Mervyn, he had to go out, right? Yes, yep. How about, by the way, tell me about how that came about. <laughs> uh, well, it usually starts out with some, with some phone calls and... Uh, and then it's a matter of uh, you know getting their all the paperwork figured out. Some some uh, some deals end up falling through because it just doesn't quite work out. Um, but yeah, we've we've done several different uh, reality TV shows and different little things. Some some different little commercial items. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been great fun. Ten years ago, more than ten, you you decided I'm gonna not just give rides on an airplane and a biplane, which is great, but the insurance. Uh, the waivers, the lawyers, it's its a sketchy business at best anyway because of just the legalities of it all. But then you decide, I think we're going to open up a wing-walking company. And I, I can only imagine what the first uh, response was from everybody in that business. They're like, what? And your insurance agent going, oh, hell no, you're not. How long did it take you to figure out a way to do this? Oh, well, that's just kind of, uh, it just kind of happened over over a you know, course of time. kind of started out slowly. Um, but uh, we just, you know, kind of started, you know, just learning on our own and then teaching people how to do it. Um, just kind of started out pretty organically. Uh, we started just, you know, teaching some local friends, and then their friends wanted to do it, and, and then those people would find out about it. So it's kind of just slowly grown over the years uh, with, with word of mouth, and uh, people kind of just do the advertising for us. Well, uh, look. The more people that do it, the more people find out about it and want to share it with their friends. And we get calls all the time of, oh, my gosh, I didn't know you guys even existed. Right. 
I just got to do this. Oh, I just went down the rabbit hole one day, and we had met an acrobatic pilot who's an amazing, amazing pilot, does all the air shows, and, and part of it is wing walking. And so he said, look, man, if you make it down to Oklahoma, uh, I'm not an instructor. He goes, I'm not going to teach you how to do it. He goes, but I'll put you on top of the airplane and uh, I'll strap you in. We'll leave from the tarmac like that and then land like that. He goes, he goes, if you just, and then we just could never sync up our times. And so I just, I always thought about it. I thought, man, I really do want to do that. And I've, I've gone skydiving and, 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 you know, you name it from racing cars to, to hot air balloons to, you know, across the board to, you know, scuba diving, everything that you can, you can kind of get your hands on. But this is one of those things that it's almost extinct. I mean, wing walking is something that, what, what, what was the golden age of wing walking? The 20s and 30s, 40s? Uh, yeah, I think that was kind of when it, it was kind of in its heyday, the, the days of barnstorming. Where sure. Going around and doing that. And, and uh, it's still happening today. There's still a lot of, uh, you know, great wing walkers going around doing air shows. Um, but, yeah, for us, that kind of wasn't quite the option. We have... We have a nice big family, lots of kids, and, um, you know, the air show environment requires a lot of travel, and this right. way people kind of come to us, and we can do it, uh, you know, from here and still still have the kids around. Uh, the kids are actually pretty, pretty active and helping us out, too. Tell me. Um, and they go wing walking as well. <laughs> it's just kind of a, a family affair now. So, Marilyn, if you're just joining the show, Marilyn... Uh, it's from masonwingwalking.com, and, and just out, how, how about 50 miles outside of Seattle, 60? Yeah, um, I don't know exact miles. We're about, we're about two and a half hours from Seattle. Oh, okay, so a little farther. But but the point is, you've got a wing walking school, and, and what's the attrition rate? People sign up, and I know that they can do the top wing or both wings, and for both wings and the training, it's just under $1,000. Now, how many people sign up, get to the class, get up right to the point where they're supposed to jump and get out of the airplane, and they go, I can't do it. I just can't get out. <laughs> uh, it, it happens every once in a while. It, it is pretty rare. Most, most people coming out have made, uh, you know, made the decision to do it. But uh, every once in a while, yeah, somebody goes through the whole thing, and they go up to flying, and we're ready for them to climb out. And some people just kind of stand up, and they'll kind of shake their head and sit back down and <laughs> say, yeah, I just can't do it. Um, but most people who've, who've come out, they've, they've made that commitment. They've, you know, spent the day practicing, and they're just ready to go for it. And people just, you know, have a wonderful time. They, sure. They, every once in a while, yeah, somebody's nerves get the better of them, and they, they well, go through with it. Because let's, I mean, this is normal to you, but let's take an average person. Let's walk through this. You you take off in the plane. It's a biplane, so it's an open cockpit. You're wearing goggles. Uh, you've, you're in the front, in front of the pilot, and, and when he gives you the signal, you're supposed to stand up in your seat, which, remember, this is something you don't normally do in any airplane, let alone an open cockpit airplane, and, and I suppose you've, you've slowed it down, but you're still above stall, so you're, you're doing what, okay, 90, 100 miles an hour? Uh, actually, we can slow the plane down to about uh, between fifty and sixty miles an hour. Okay, so it's not it's not bad. We I've ridden motorcycles are much faster. So, but you still yeah. you stand up and then you have to it's exit. Still quite a force. Sure, you you got to exit your your seat and then what it, you climb up, and there's not there's not a ladder there, right? I mean, are there steps? How do you how do you go from the seat to the fuselage to the top of the top wing? Well, that, yeah, that's, that's part of what we teach, and that's why we kind of have people come out and spend the day with us. Uh, they have to spend the whole morning practicing that routine because uh, there are just certain places you can step and grab on the plane. Not, not everything is, is solid and safe to step on, so 
We've got people stepping right in front of the windshield. We've got them stepping on the side of the cockpit. We've got them stepping into some handholds. Um, so there's just various little places where you can step and grab. Uh, it's, it's a lot like rock climbing, though. We're just, you know, kind of teaching people, hey, you're just making one move at a time. Um, just kind of going at your own pace. And before you know it, you're up there and in position and ready to, to do all the flying around. So, but, but, but it is a bit of a process. So you walk up. Now your head pops up over the top wing. Now you've got to get your shoulders, your body, and eventually you've got to make that transition where you're climbing up. It's like climbing onto the roof from a ladder, I would imagine. That do you do it? Does your knee is your knee the first thing to touch the uh, the top wing, or are you are you possible? Is it possible to get your foot all the way there for that first moment? We we get our foot all the way up there. Yeah, okay. we don't go down on the knees. Okay. So and then there's a stand that you lean into, and it's got a little like a U shape and a belt, correct? And, uh, and what else safety-wise is there? Uh, we do have everyone wearing a, a harness and cable. So everyone is attached to the plane. Um, but everybody's, you know, we've never had anybody slip or fall. Sure. Everybody's, you know, you know, after having gone through training and kind of knowing what's involved, um, you know, we, everyone's done really well. Um, but, yeah, just kind of that one move at a time is what, uh, is what you know, keeps people going. And, uh, yeah, they, they just kind of belt in, they're holding on, and away they go. So tell me something. If you, not that it's ever happened, but let's say I'm up there, I'm an idiot, I'm very klutzy, I stand up in my seat, I go to climb up, I'm wearing my tether, but I fall over the side of the airplane. Now, how long is the tether, and where's, how do I get back in? It's a pretty short tether, so you'd be able to, to grab onto the side of the cockpit and get back in. It's, it's, we purposely do not have a real long tether for you to, you know, be right down underneath the airplane or anything. So, um, but yeah, people are up, are pretty motivated to hold on. <laughs> yeah, uh, bet they are. <laughs> bet they are. Yeah. I bet you can find a way to do your first pull up if you fell out of that and you had to pull yourself back into that plane. I'll bet you find the strength to pull your ass right back into that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nobody's ever had to do it, but uh, but yeah, everybody's, uh, you know. So and now, you know, and that's why we practice on the ground. I love know. this. And every once in a while, somebody can't even do it on the ground, and that you know kind of shows us like, okay, this person maybe doesn't have that strength that's needed or the agility that's needed, um, you know, because it is a very physical activity. So sure. every once in a while, yeah, people can't do it even just practice wise, and they'll you know just kind of have to excuse themselves as like, hey, this is you know this maybe is not for me after all. Oh, I love this. I love this so much. I love that. The photographs, by the way, are second to none. There's nothing that anyone can do in terms of uh, adrenaline junkie stuff. I don't care where you think you've bungee jumped, where you've gone skydiving, where you've, you know, I, we used to fly experimental aircraft. We'd go up in those ridiculous, uh, you know, powered parachutes. And uh, I've done all of it. But there's nothing like these photographs. It's a combination vintage stuntman and, and insanity. Like those up, the, the, there's a photograph you guys have taken. And it's... I think it's taken from the wing, and he's upside down, and the water is underneath you. I don't know if it's a lake or the ocean. And I'm like, dear God and sweet baby Jesus, look at what we're looking at right here. And it looks absolutely insane. Like, you'll never have a, a greater memento than this photograph that you guys can take. You've gotten really good at the angles and, and, and how to really tell the story, as opposed to, you know, sometimes you, you try to take a photograph to tell the story, and it just doesn't work. The way you guys are doing it really shows the extreme nature of this, of, of wing walking. Yeah, it's, it's an incredible experience. Yeah, the views are amazing. Um, yeah, just 
and you know we've been doing this uh, you know, for long enough that we've kind of got to experiment with those camera angles and different cameras to use. Uh, we've kind of changed cameras over the years, but uh, yeah, now we're just you know the technology of GoPro <laughs> has, has just been great um, you know, with their image stabilization and things like that. We can get some really nice footage uh, just from mounting a couple GoPros around on the plane. Um, but it's uh, yeah, it's, it's quite fun, and people just. The smiles on people's faces once they land of just what they've accomplished and what they've experienced. Just, we, you know, we just never get tired of seeing people's happy faces when they land. Well, how could you not smile? A, you survived. That in itself is pretty great. And, and, <laughs> and But B is you stood on the top of a classic airplane, a, 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 a biplane, and, and you stood on top facing the world as you did full outside loops, inside loops, hammerhead stalls, acrobatics, rolls, all of it. And you get to see this beautiful countryside from the, a view that nobody else will ever see it with your arms wide out, just your given F is completely busted. And it's it's a moment for anybody. Yes, it is. Yeah. I, it, it really is feeling like on top of the world. Yeah. So the first, do you remember your first time? Yes, I do. We, uh, compared to uh, the second time, what was the fear ratio? Yeah, that's that's a good question. I I don't know if I really have an answer for that. Um, you know, it, I think even every time you go up, there's there's a nice healthy respect for what you're about to do, um, because that wind hits you the same every time you climb out. Um, but it's I think sometimes it helps going a second, third time because we do have some repeat customers that come back every year to do this. Um, but I think you get a, a different experience when you know what to expect. Yeah. And I think people can sometimes enjoy it a little more because some of that fear has dissipated. You're like, okay, I've done this. I know what it's going to be like. And, uh, yeah, they can they can enjoy things a little more uh, after having gone up once and got that initial experience of it, which is, you know, yeah. still amazing. Everything slows down a little bit. <laughs> yes. Things, things slow down and other things speed up. Yeah, yeah. No, no. Because skydiving, that was the thing that I always thought was so remarkably frightening for me. It wasn't the jumping. It was... You know, you're nuts to butts when you're going to go skydiving, and then they open that door on the airplane, and it goes from, like, airplane noise to, holy hell, is that loud, and the wind is ripping through the inside of the plane, and they're like, get out, and then you're like, oh, this is much louder and crazier than I thought it was going to be. It is in no way peaceful. So, yeah, I imagine when you get out from behind that windscreen, you stick your head up, and that pressure starts pushing you backwards on the plane, and you're supposed to climb out, climb up, remember your hands and feet go. You've got to pull yourself up, stand up, which is completely unnatural, with a tiny pole behind you, and you have to believe that this equipment is going to work, that it's going, it's, it's there, it, uh, that it's a great idea, that all of this stuff, nobody dies doing this, and then the craziness starts, because once you've managed to overcome the fear of climbing out of this wing, then it gets super crazy. And that's when, you know, anybody who's ever gone up in an acrobatic plane, and luckily I've been able to do it, but not from the top wing of a biplane. That's insanity. Yeah, we, we do tell people that, you know, hey, we're, we're about to throw you into sensory overload, um, but that's why we have people run through practice so many times on the ground so that they just kind of build that muscle memory so that they just kind of automatically know what they need to do next. Yeah. We want things to just kind of keep happening without people having to think about it too much. So uh, building that muscle memory by practicing over and over on the ground is, is, seems to be really helpful for, for people. But, yeah, I, I kind of warn people and kind of joke with them, too, that, hey, when you first pop up from behind that windshield, you're going to, you know, be getting that little sensation of 
oh my goodness, you know what? You know, you, I tell people that's just the question your life choices moment, right? Um, because it's all going to hit you all at once with that win. And uh, but yeah, people people push through that initial moment and they get up there and they just have a great time. What's the oldest person that you've ever had do it? Uh, we had someone. I think they were about a week shy of turning seventy-five. Nice. Um, That's so fantastic. Up in their seventies, but you got to be a pretty fit uh, yeah. seventy-year-old to handle this. No, if you're if you're seventy years old and you can do that, you have lived your life correctly, and you've really kept taking good care of yourself. That's that's amazing. What about, yeah. And then is eighteen the youngest that can go? Uh, yes, eighteen's uh, uh, the youngest we can go. Just uh, you know, for for the business side, but with our with our own kids who've grown up around it and have. Uh, been around the plane for a long time and had you know years to practice and get ready uh, uh we, we let our own kids start a little younger um we have uh, several of our kids started when they were about 10 years old so uh, <laughs> we've got some, some very experienced uh wing walking kids what did i do on summer break the rest of the kids are like oh we went camping at a koa oh we saw the grand canyon your kid just pulls the photographs and he's in 10 you know 10 years old what is that third grade fourth grade uh yeah 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 that's you you win show and tell every single time with those photographs. <laughs> yes, they do. Do your kids have any fear at all? I mean, once you've done that when you were ten years old, what are you afraid of in life? <laughs> yeah, they they don't have too much fear, um, but again, they, they they still have a healthy respect for it. But I think it helps, you know, just having grown up around it. Um, that they just they just love it. They love helping out. They've helped me instruct people. They'll help out with fueling the plane and moving the planes around. And uh, yeah, so it's, it's the kids are, are, are a big help with the business. No, listen, I love this stuff. And I believe in fear. I believe a little bit of fear is the healthiest way to live your life. Like I'm not one of those, the, I don't fear anything guys. I fear a lot, most stuff. I ride motorcycles all across this country and, and you know, all the way to the end of the Baja and up into you know, um, Anchorage and Fairbanks, Alaska, all the way to Nova Scotia. And you better be a little bit afraid. You know, it's like picking up a gun or, or driving a race car. You better have a little fear in your heart because it's what keeps your head straight. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got to you gotta respect the plane because if you, you know, step in a, a wrong spot or something, you could damage the plane and that could, you know, be a safety issue. Um, so, yeah, there's certainly, uh, you know, you got to keep your, your wits about you and, you know, stay focused on what you need to do. And... But, so. I gotta assume, much like climbing a ladder onto a roof, going up is one thing, but coming back down always seems a little trickier when you gotta climb down something. And let's face it, when you're climbing up, your eyes are looking where your hands are going, uh, where your feet are going. Clearly, that's not as easy. You know, we've all done it. We climb off a roof, and you're like, "Am I on the right step of the ladder? Am I, is this thing gonna kick out on me?" It's that's gotta be a moment, and you can choose to either get into your seat or you can walk the lower wing and ride the what you call what the struts. Uh, we call that the javelin. The javelin. The javelin. And the javelin is the center where the, the cables that connect the wings, there's a, a piece there, and then that's that's what you call the javelin. Yeah. And what, what do you do there? You, you, do, you ride it uh, horizontally. Yes. That one, uh, I kind of tell people they're going to, you know, they're going to feel like Harry Potter out there riding a broomstick. Um, people joke all the time that we should... Put a little broom hand, uh, you know, broom end on the on the end of our javelin, um, so they can feel like Harry Potter. But uh, yeah, the way that we have people, they they get out there. They'll uh, again, you have to be pretty careful with your steps, and you're really having to fight the wind out there because the wind's 
a, a little different on that lower wing because it's, it's coming at you sideways instead of coming at you head on. So it's a little different experience out there. Uh, but once they get out to the javelin, they'll, uh, you know, wrap their legs up around through the wires and get nice and secure and they get to ride around like that. So that one, again, for some people, it can be a little harder with the wind. Uh, not everybody is flexible enough to do that one. It kind of is a, is some big movements in the hips to get your legs in the right position. Uh, but it's, again, it's just a, a great experience. You're actually out there just kind of flying along with the plane. Um, a little different positioning, so it's kind of a different feel out there. But uh, both experiences are, are really great. Have you ever had anybody get out there and then be too afraid to get back in? Uh, no, no. The, the Really, the getting out is, is the hardest part. I have not had too many people say that it was in any issue coming back in. Um, most people do find that a lot easier than the going up. Really? Just because you've kind of got the wind working with you now um, instead of having to fight against it. So not, not too bad getting back to what, the what about people riding the top that just don't want to come back in? They're like, no, no, I really like it up here. And you're like, no, it's time to come back in now. Yeah, every once in a while, somebody kind of, you know, Mike tells them it's time to come down, and they'll kind of shake their heads or make a little frowny face or pouty face. <laughs> and sometimes they'll throw in an extra, you know, an extra roll or something with them up there. Uh, but, no, people people know. Um, because it's also, uh, as, as fun as it is, it's, it's a very physical, physically sure. demanding activity. And uh, so you, you, people do get to get tired, start getting tired after a bit. Yeah, and, yeah it's uh, like getting... Like you get into a physical scuffle, you know how it is. You you your adrenaline all plays out, and then when the adrenaline wears off, you get all you know you get wiggly legs, you get noodles. Yep, yeah, that's why we don't keep people out there for a super long time because it is, uh, you know, it is pretty draining. Your your you've got your adrenaline pumping, your muscles are tensed up, you're fighting against wind. So, uh, yeah, some people can get tired quicker than others. Uh, asking but, for uh, a friend is there a height requirement? Do you have to be a certain height? Uh, no. Okay, good. Hector's good to go. He actually sent me. I have a friend who's not the tallest guy in the world. And he goes, I'm with you. I'll go with you. And I was like, dude, there may be a height requirement. I don't know if what it's going to take to get up in this thing. But uh, that crazy bastard's an eight-time world GP motorcycle racing champion. I'd like to see if this gets his attention because I've never seen his pulse get over 60. So listen, it's, it's $1,000 for the whole shebang. Now, of course, there's probably a photo package on top. Uh, that is photos included. Really? That's, see, I'm going to tell you, like a thousand bucks is a lot to anybody, but the chance to uh, get the great photo package to do the top wing and the bottom wing, all the training, everything complete for 985 bucks. I got to tell you, I think that's the best deal of almost anything of that nature. I mean, that, that's a, to me, that's an amazing price for everything. You're going up in an airplane, you're getting an airplane ride, all the cost that goes with that, the training, the full day, the photographs, everything. And I'm not trying to sell to anybody. I'm just telling you, I'm surprised it's that inexpensive. I'm really genuinely, I think that's an amazing price for that. Yeah, we've, we've tried to keep it reasonable because, yeah, we, we want people, we don't want to price it out of people's reach. Um, and, uh, but yeah, but, but it is, we, we still understand it's a big expense even just for people to come out and sure. see us. You know, a lot of people are buying airline tickets and you're renting a car and you're staying overnight places and uh, so we know there's a, a big cost, uh, you know, extended with that. All right. Listen, I think I'm going to see you guys in June or August. Are you sold out? Do I need to do I need to nail that now? 
the sooner you get a date on the books, the better. Um, we can start to get a little bit full. We, we usually limit it to, you know, about four to six people per day. Um, so especially weekends can tend to get a little full. So it's a good idea to book, uh, you know, a couple months in advance if you, if you want to come on a weekend. And what if it rains a little but, bit? I mean, it is Washington. It is. It's definitely the Pacific Northwest. Uh, so that's why we encourage people to kind of stay an extra day or two. If, if people can, uh, you know, have a little wiggle room in the schedule, every once in a while we do have to push a flight to the following day. Um, but usually we can get it all done in one day. Even if we do get a little bit of rain, um, you know, we can usually wait it out or work around it. In the summer months, it's usually not like we're looking at rain, you know, the entire day. So we, we make things work the best we can. And, uh, yeah, but it's, it's nice if people have a little wiggle room in the schedule. You're wonderful. Listen, I love you. I think you're wonderful. I think that's an amazing, amazing idea. MasonWingWalking.com. Marilyn, uh, listen, I will see you in just a few months, my friend. And I thank you for coming by the station today. I, I, I can't imagine this. Uh, anybody walks away from this feeling like they didn't get the, the ride of their life. Yeah, no, no. Thanks for having me on the show. All right, stay there. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them with more on the way. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero. Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future. In vehicles and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you. A hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places. Leading Ladies, a concert in celebration of Women's History Month featuring Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, Elle King, Christina Perry. At the King's Theater in Brooklyn, New York on Wednesday, March 20th. Tickets are on sale now. You don't want to miss this amazing night of music dedicated to uplifting women's voices. With Kelsey Ballerini, Megan Trainer, L. King, and Christina Perry. Odyssey's Leading Ladies presented by Olay Body. Buy your tickets now at kingstheater.com.